Hey there, Tony here from e-commerce marketing school and welcome back. On this episode, we'll chat with Carly Palm about the psychology behind good email design. And let me tell you, she's an absolute expert at it. She studied visual communications in college and has been applying it to email marketing ever since as a customer success manager at Privy, where she helps customers optimize their emails every day. So let's lean in and learn how to write some emails. You're listening to e-commerce marketing school presented by Privy. Hey, Carly, how's it going? Welcome to the show. It's going good. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. How no, are you? I'm good, but the pleasure is mine. I mean, I may be on the podcast a lot, but you are the expert that we are bringing in. So let's pick your brain. Okay, so awesome. with email design is what we're talking about today. I feel like we hear everything from pack your emails with as many images as you can to make it really captivating all the way to like the plain text truthers who want as little as possible in their emails. So when we're drafting emails, what should we be thinking about here? Yeah, I think that email design is something that a lot of people can really overthink. So hopefully we can help guide you through that today. I think that to start, there's two really hard truths when we think about email design, and that's people have very short attention spans and very few people will actually read your emails. And piggybacking off of that, there's actually a couple studies that are done by this organization called the Nielsen Norman Group. And to give you an idea of how much time people spend in emails, it's less than a minute. It's usually like 51 seconds. That yeah, sounds right. And then, yeah, less than 20% of newsletters are actually read in full. So it's a very small <laughs> amount <laughs> of people that actually spend time in your emails. I guess that makes sense because, I mean, it's shocking to hear the percentage, the low percentage, but I don't spend any time in emails. I look for the the main snippet and I move on, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. totally. Awesome. So in terms of not spending any time in your emails, I mean, I subscribe to, let's say I subscribe to, um, I don't know, this is going to be, I don't know, Lego, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I build, I love building Legos. There's like 10 Legos over here. And I always want to know when there's like a cool collector's one, but I don't read all their emails all the time. So why, yeah. why is that? Yeah. So that's where things can feel a little overcomplicated, but the answer is actually pretty simple and it just comes down to human behavior. So as it was in the early 2000s, when email marketing first started and it will continue to be, people just don't want to waste their time or effort. And it really kind of comes down to like cost versus payoff. So it's kind of a primitive concept. It can be studied in nature as well as email marketing. Really? So if you think about, yeah, if you think about how an animal will evaluate the overall cost of af- like of going after prey and what the payoff will be, like that's the same with consumers. They're not going to, you know, spend 15 minutes of their workday when they have a ton of really important things going on to read your email and spend money on something that they might find has no benefit to them. So A good visual of that is you're never going to find a lion chasing a squirrel for like two hours. Like that doesn't make sense. (laughs) All that time and energy. Yeah. All the time and energy that they burn on chasing that little creature, like they're not going to get that back from that kind of (laughs) animal. So, yeah. But they would spend that amount of time on a deer or whatever they hunt or something like that. And that's the equivalent of like a really good email that they like. Exactly. Yep. And so another concept you can think of is 
there's two, you know, laws in psychology. There's Hicks law and analysis paralysis. And really both of them just kind of revolve around the more options and the more stimuli that you put in front of someone, the more likely you are to lose them. So if I open an email and I see 20 different images and all the text is really close together and I can't find anything that means anything to me, I'm just going to back out. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That rings a bell. I think I, I talked about this on the podcast, I think a couple episodes ago, but I bought, I went on this a site called Adorn, or I think it's called Hello Adorn. This uh, mm-hmm. They make jewelry, really beautiful jewelry. Not like too beautiful. Like you can't afford crazy beautiful jewelry, but I mean, like it's really simple gold rings or whatever and got them. Like there's like a three ring pack for my wife and their email the next day was right after it was delivered. The email was, did it fit? Click here to do an exchange. And to me, that was really, really interesting because you typically don't want to shove it in people's faces that they want to do an exchange, but. I know that that's really, really frustrating when you can't find a way to exchange your stuff or whatever. So instead of being like, hey, I hope you liked this. We have this one also and this one in rose gold and this one and this one in the very bottom do this one thing. I think I, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, I would get way too overwhelmed with all the different options on that thing. Exactly. And that kind of paralyzes people. And then it does exactly the opposite of what you want. They're not going to take action on your email. They're just going to completely back away from you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder, okay, so there was this email subscription that I was part of where, I don't think that's the right way to say it. I was getting these emails. I signed up for this newsletter and there was this guy who only did plain text and it was like a news. I really wish I remembered what it was so I can say it. It was um, whatever. Anyway, so he just gave the news and he only gave the headlines. So his email would have the title. So the, the day's date, it would have mm-hmm. five titles so just like one line titles of let's make some up it would be like artemis one mission launches into space speaker of the house was voted in xyz blah 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 these five things and they were just links to those things and at the very bottom he didn't have anything else except a button that said support me on patreon right because he was Mm self-funded and and the unsubscribe he didn't worry about follow me on social he didn't worry about go to my website, follow me on social, get merch, get this, that, or the other. And so at the end of the year, he posted an update about email strategy because a lot of people were, I mean, he got huge, right? And a lot of people said, but what is the secret? Like everybody reads your emails. I wish, gosh, I wish I remembered what it was called. And he said, I had six links on my emails, which was a lot, like that six is a lot, but the only action I wanted them to take was supporting me on Patreon. And I didn't care about social media. I didn't care about this. People clicked on the links if they wanted to, but if they wanted to support me, I gave them one option and that was Patreon because I need to make a living. And so I think that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that when people have too many options, I feel like, I feel like you go on an email and it's like, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, also LinkedIn, try it, you know, all those things. So yeah, definitely. And really what it comes down to, like, that's the biggest reason people don't read emails is spending all that time trying to decide between, you know, what's important and what's not. And so what people do instead is they scan them. So there's a bunch of studies on how people scan and their eye patterns and everything, but won't get into that. (laughs) The biggest thing is that people will search for keywords or images that are meaningful to them, like taking shortcuts. And so just giving them, you know, six links, you have six options to look at, 
It's not That's giant it. paragraphs. Yeah. There's also only one other action. Like you don't have to spend a bunch of time on that and it's easy to scan and read through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. God, I'm sorry. You're saying all these things and I'm, I'm seeing these behaviors like in my, <laughs> every time I scroll through an email, there's like 10 different emails that are popping in my head right now. But okay, but let's talk about, you've given us enough bad news here about how (laughs) nobody reads our emails. So people scan, they don't read the whole thing. They don't maybe have time to read our emails and their attention spans are super short. So how do we like cut through that noise? How do we get around that if we're trying to draft successfully engaging newsletters? What do we do? Yeah, yeah. So those can all be tough pills to swallow, but the solution It's actually pretty simple. And I feel like when you think about it, it might actually save you a lot of time and effort in the end. So really the main solution is to design your email templates to be digestible and easy to scan through. And there's three different ways that you can accomplish that. The first would be to divide your content into chunks or bite-sized pieces. So If you are sending out an email and it's a product spotlight, and maybe you want to talk about the product design, the packaging you use, and then the pricing, maybe it's on sale. I would try to avoid just putting all of those details into one big paragraph because it's going to be really hard for people to pick out what's important or they might not read it at all. Instead, you could split those three points into three separate chunks. So Each chunk should only address one point. It should have one short headline or word above it so that it's easy to pick from the crowd. And then hopefully, if you can, it should have a relevant visual element. So I don't know if that makes sense, but it just kind of makes it more digestible. Like literally, if you think about bite-sized pieces versus a giant you know, meal for someone Mm -hmm. to break down. That totally makes sense because I'm seeing this. I think we've probably been seeing this for a while now, or they've been doing it for a while now, but I see it in blog articles or news articles where I click on something that I want to read and I want to find like the quote I'm looking for or the specific part I'm looking for. And I used to hate on it. Like, why can't they just use normal grammar or like sentence structure and just use paragraphs? But instead they're doing this like whole LinkedIn crap where they're like doing two sentences (laughs) at a time. And I'm like, man, this is dumb. But now I appreciate it because I can go through, find exactly what it is because they're separated into sound to separate thoughts. So that makes a ton of sense, that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then going off of that idea, the second tip would be to prioritize your messages. So if you have those three different ideas, like product design, the packaging and pricing, if your product's on sale and this is like, maybe it's a limited amount of time, that should be your priority because, you know, there's a call to action associated with that. So put the pricing or the sale first in your email with the button to shop now, because really what you want people to do is buy the product. You can put everything else in chunks below it. But really, for those people who open your email, they don't scroll, they don't read. If they see something's on sale and they see a button to take advantage of it, then they can go ahead and do it. And you make it really easy for them. And then Another piece of advice I I give is also put that same call to action and point at the very bottom of the email. So that way you're making it easy for the two different types of people out there. The people who open your email, don't scroll at all. You make it easy for them to click. And then for the other people who actually do scan through it and make it to the bottom, they don't have to go all the way up back to the top to take action. So, Hmm. you know, 
that's another hard truth is humans are lazy dude they are so lazy (laughs) yeah everything you can do to make it as easy as possible for them to take action in less than a minute do it absolutely yeah and i feel that too because i mean we work in email marketing but i probably archive two-thirds of the emails i get just because the subject line doesn't interest me or if i do open it i'm like man not what i was looking for get out of there so all right me too (laughs) yeah and then the third tip is something that a lot of people overthink and that comes to the actual design of the email. But tip number three is just to simplify the design. So one part of that is the fonts you use. I think that a lot of people try to be really flashy and creative with their fonts, which is great. But when you're trying to make it as easy as possible for people to read your email, you want to make sure that you're using clean, simple fonts. Okay. Beyond that, embracing white space between your chunks. I think that some people try to cram everything in or try to make it so that people don't have to scroll to see everything in an email. But when it comes down to it, cramming everything together makes it harder to read through and separate. It just makes it overwhelming. And then that's where that analysis paralysis comes in and people will back out. So making sure that there's breathing room in an email is super important. And then lastly, just eliminating fluff. So you don't need to include everything in your email. In fact, the goal is to drive people from the email to your website to actually buy the product. Because one thing that people don't consciously think about when they're designing their emails is that, you know, you can put a lot of time and effort into them. But when it comes down to it, people physically cannot do anything inside an email. They can't buy your product. They can't ask you questions. They can't, you know, navigate your website. They can't do anything. They're just looking at it. So when we think it sounds depressing that people spend, you know, 51 seconds in an email, but you really shouldn't be trying to keep them there for longer than that. You should try to, you know, leave them wanting more or drive them to the site. So yeah. That's, you know, when you think about all the fluff that you could put in the email, it could be hurting you rather than helping you. Wow. You know, I was, I'm probably going to do a whole nother episode on this alone because <laughs> it, it was um really impressive to me, but I just signed up for, have you heard of Mudwater? The I, like I coff- coffee alternative. It's like mushroom based. Oh, wait. Actually, yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not sponsored by Mudwater in any way. I'm just saying uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about it for a while because I can't have caffeine, personal reasons anyway. And so I purchased it and they sent me, I think over the course of the week, they sent me like three different emails, but each one had one topic and it was very clear. It was hilarious. And it was probably three whole sentences. And that's the only thing that was in the email. And I honestly, I it drove me to do two things. One, I can't wait till they email me again. And two, I'm doing a whole episode on all the emails they sent because of how much I loved them. So I I think it kind of highlights the, I don't want to know if I just bought something. Yeah. Maybe do one whole email where you send me all of your socials where you're like, Hey, you clearly want to keep up with us. Here's our Instagram and our thing. Like that is the email. But if I'm there saying, Hey, I wonder where my order is yet. Don't give me like a, a snippet of that and then things that are on sale and then talk to me about your podcast and your blog and all of your socials and the founder story all in one. Like, I don't care. That mm-hmm. makes total sense. Yeah. Well, dang. Wow. You just dropped a whole mess of knowledge on us. Thanks, Carly. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. It was fun to nerd out on here for a little bit. <laughs> no, of course. And I know that I said this earlier, but 
Carly's been studying kind of the psychology behind good email design for a long time. She started all the way back in college and has been applying it to this kind of her whole career. So Carly, thank you so much for coming on and and sharing with us. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. And, and thank you to everyone who's listening as well. If you're listening to this podcast and just listening to it, you can actually watch it on YouTube. You can see Carly and I's faces as we, you know, she's in Chicago and I'm in California. And for some reason, it's brighter where she is anyway. I'm not <laughs> jealous. And uh, you can watch it on YouTube on the Privy channel. So it's just pretty. But if you want to see us in your social feeds, you can find clips from this episode and all future episodes on Instagram at Ecom Marketing School. And if you're on Twitter, you can find me at Tony from the pod. So thanks for listening. And I will see you guys next time. Bye.